Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. All right, we are in Psalms 139 this morning, so if you have a Bible and you just open it right into the middle, chances are you're going to land in the book of Psalms and open it up to Psalms chapter 139. You can also follow along with the outline or in the Bible app. If you go to the events portion of the Bible app, it'll give you uh, some notes that you can follow along. We're in a series that we've called Six Life-Changing Prayers for 2021. And what we've done is we've taken uh, a few prayers that are found in Scripture by different characters in their life, and we've figured out how they apply to our life today. We've talked about how most of our prayers are either non-existent prayers or perhaps they're safe prayers. I was thinking about it this week when I was journaling and studying for this morning that many of our prayers are asking God to do something for us. Would you, would you bless us? Would you provide for us? Would you uh, do something for me, Lord? And many of these prayers that we're talking about shift that a little bit because we're asking God to do something to us. As we've talked about, following Jesus was never meant to be safe. Following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And so these prayers are really designed to help us evaluate if maybe we've been living too safe of a life as a Christian. Uh, These prayers are designed to push us out of our comfort zone to maybe take some divine risks in our life to trust him more. And if you pray these prayers, um, your life will be uncomfortable. You might find yourself doing and saying things that you're not normally accustomed to doing or saying. You might feel a little out of place at some times, but if you pray these prayers, God will answer them and he'll put you in positions where your faith will be challenged, you'll walk a closer walk with him, and your life will be a little bit different. We, our first prayer was this prayer, make me bold. We looked at two men in the New Testament and circumstances that uh, led them to being arrested twice in one week. And John and Peter, when they were in that situation, uh, they did not pray that everything would be okay. They didn't even pray that they would be released from prison. They didn't pray that the outcome would become safe pray for their health. They said this prayer, Lord, in this moment, under the threat of persecution, make me bold. All the fears that we're having, Lord, in this moment, make us bold. Help us reach out further, deeper into our faith. Make us bold in proclaiming the truth of the gospel. The second prayer we looked at was from, uh, boy, a 10-year-old Uh, Samuel, who in the middle of the night heard the voice of God, didn't recognize it quite clearly, but then realized that the appropriate answer to what God was speaking to him was, Lord, speak to me. Last week, we talked about aligning our heart with yours. And so this week, we come to the life of David in Psalms 139. And when you look at Psalms 139, we find a passage of scripture where uh, David is being completely honest with God. I love David's character because David's life, when you read the book of Psalms, he's completely honest with God. And in Psalms 139, he's being attacked. People don't like what he's doing. 
there's a war of words against him. In Psalm 139, verse 19, this is his prayer. Uh, This is not our prayer today, by the way, but he says this, if only you, God, would slay the wicked. In other words, everyone who's attacking me, just go ahead and kill them. Wipe them out. They speak of you with evil intent, God. Your adversaries misuse your name. Don't I hate them who hate you, Lord? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Again, that's not our prayer this morning. Some of you got really excited about that prayer. (laughs) David's really being honest because he's being attacked. And in his moment of being attacked, instead of defending himself breathes a final prayer, the last two verses of Psalm 139. It begs the question, I wrote this in my journal this week, what's the first reaction when I feel like I'm being attacked? And if I'm being honest, my first reaction is not always to pray. Because my first reaction is to defend myself. It is to position myself. It is to defend my character or defend myself against an accusation. And when David was accused of having wrong motives or a manipulative heart, he didn't defend himself. He prayed. What David did is he took his theological understanding of who God was and he applied it to his life and his own personal discipleship. And this is where our faith goes next level, where the nature and attributes of God are not so far removed from our life, but rather we pursue God with this hungry uh, uh, desire so that the nature and the attributes of God actually affect our personal life. And so this is his prayer, Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. For those of you in the room and those of you watching outline, let's, let's, let's say this prayer together. Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24, ready, begin. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The prayer is this, search me, God. So in order to digest David's prayer, we're going to look at it in four parts. The first part of the prayer is this, search my heart. What do we know? What do we believe about God? Well, we believe God is all-knowing. We believe He's all-powerful. We believe that He is omnipresent, that He is present everywhere. Um, If God knows everything, why in the world are we asking Him to search our heart? Doesn't He already know our heart? By the way, I have a pretty good heart. You have a pretty good heart. We're good. Jeremiah, we, we looked at this verse last week, but Jeremiah points to why we need to guard our heart, because out of everything flows from it. Jeremiah says it this way, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You see, without Christ, our hearts are not good. Our hearts are deceitful. They're desperately wicked. For instance, let's do this. How many of you are, um, how many of you ever told a lie? Just look around whoever is not raising their hand and just point at them really quick (laughs) and say, liar, liar, 
pants on fire, right? I would say that perhaps the most common lies are the lies we tell ourselves, right? I'm not gluttonous, Daniel. I just have a really healthy appetite. I'm a growing boy. I don't, I don't drink too much. I just really like to enjoy myself. I don't have an ego. I, I'm just this smart. I'm not materialistic. I just really like nice things. I'm not a gossip. I'm a conduit. <laughs> right? Someone shaking their head there? I, I just, I'm a conduit of information so others can pray for other people who really, really need it. Uh, this is why we need God's help, right? Because our hearts are desperately wicked, and perhaps the most common lies we tell are the lies we tell ourselves. So, so David's in this moment, and I read the verses right before this. He said, man, my enemies, wipe them out. Kill them. I hate them. You hate them. We're all on the same page. Get rid of them. He comes to the last part, and he says, well, well search my heart. Before you answer that prayer, God, search my heart. Show me what's in there. Show me my deceit. Here's the thing. This is a dangerous prayer because God will show you parts of your heart that are not clean, that are not righteous, that are not in order, in order to bring you closer to him. You see, our sin, our brokenness prevents us from having a close relationship with God. So David, in this moment where he's being threatened, where he wants to defend himself, where really all he wants is revenge, he pauses and he takes a moment and he says, Search me, God. Know my heart. This prayer has four parts. First of all, search my heart. Secondly, reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. Look at the verse again. He says this, Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. What is it that makes you anxious? Just right there in your heart, in your mind, answer that question. What is it that makes you anxious? What is it that causes anxiety? What is it that wakes you up at night or prevents you from getting any sleep in the first place? What are your anxious thoughts? What are you nervous about? What gives you anxiety? The future? Your kids? Failing in life, succeeding in life, losing your job, the virus, the vaccine, loss in your family, the unknown. Here's the thing. Uh, why is it important for God to reveal our anxious thoughts? Here's the answer. Because what we fear the most usually reveals where we trust God the least. The reason it's so important to ask God to reveal our fear is because often what we fear the most reveal where we trust God the least. So, so if, you are, if you are anxious, if you have anxiety, if you, if you have trust issues, if you, have, uh, if you if you're, if you're, uh, stay up at night because of your kids, that might be the... That might point to you where you need to trust God more. If it's about your marriage, if it's about your savings account, if it's about your 401k, if it's about pandemic, if it's about uh, politics, if it's about um, just the future in general or maybe the unknown, whatever 
wherever we fear the most, wherever we have the most anxiety, wherever uh, we're the most anxious, usually reveals to us where we trust God the least. So David says, search my heart, reveal my fears. Search me, God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Um, I'll just share a little bit for me what are my anxious thoughts. I really fear failure. I, I fear failing as a pastor. I feel failing as a husband. I fear failure. I feel failure, uh, fear failure uh, um, of being a good son, of being a good brother. And what I have found, come to found about myself is this fear of failure really is uh, rooted perhaps in this uh, fear of just letting people down. Because how many of you are like me, you've done your share of letting people down? You've done your share of disappointing them. So for me, um, I I really don't want to let people down in my life. I really don't want to be inadequate. And if if I further probe this, and I took some time this last week to do it, and let me tell you, it's uncomfortable to pray this prayer. But I started thinking about, okay, I'm really scared of, of failing in all these areas of my life. I'm, I'm really scared of being inadequate. And really what it came down to as I, as I kept journaling, as I kept thinking about this, is really um, I'm really scared of not being good enough. Of maybe not being wise enough. Being wise enough. And what I have come to grips with is fear gets in the way of my faith. Now, Hebrews tells us without faith, it is impossible to what? It's impossible to please God. And fear acts as the obstacle in front of my faith sometimes. And for me, I need to realize that for, for me in my life, I need to love pleasing God more than I'm afraid of failing. And here's the thing. What happens is this. When your fears are finally revealed, you can then address it. You can get below the surface to the root of it and begin addressing it. 1 John 4 says this. There is no fear in what? Love. But perfect love drives out fear. Uh, read that verse, just the first verse, 1 John four eighteen. Read that with me. Ready, begin. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. One more time. Ready, begin. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. You know, as a kid, when I heard this voice, as a teenager, as I heard this verse, I misunderstood what the perfect love was because I would understand, okay, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So as soon as I'm in a position where I can exhibit perfect love, fear will be conquered. This is not what the verse is saying. What this verse is saying is this. there's no fear in love, but perfect love, which comes from where? Yeah, this is not our perfect love. This is not our ability to love perfectly, but God's perfect, divine love drives out fear. This is the gospel that Jesus Christ born, was born, 
that he lived a sinless, perfect life, and that everything that we would ever be fearful of, the guilt, the shame, the inadequacy, the fear, anything, he bore and he died on the cross. Perfect love from God drives out fear. Uh, the second verse says this, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Let's say that verse together. Ready? Begin. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If God does not give you the spirit of fear, where does it come from? Yeah. It comes from the enemy of your soul. It comes from Satan. Because if, if he can plant a seed of fear and it interrupts your faith, all of a sudden there's an obstacle between you and God. There's an obstacle between you and authentic relationship with others. So as you isolate the area you are most anxious, you will find the area you need to trust him more. You see, the fears and the feelings in our life should be indicators. They should never be dictators. The fears and the feelings in our life should be indicators. They should not be dictators. In other words, when you feel anxious, when you feel uh, the fear of being inadequate or the feel of being unworthy, I have just chosen in my life that that will not be a dictator for me. It will indicate to me an area of my life where I do need to trust God. So I will take that fear, I will take that carelessness or that, uh, that care, that anxiety, and instead of allowing it to take my life, it's just going to indicate to me, boy, in this moment, with this anxiety, with this fear, I choose to lean in to God. Father, there is no fear in love. I know that perfect love drives out fear. God, I know that you have not given me this spirit of fear. But you have actually given me the spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. So this prayer has four parts. Search my heart reveal my fears, and then thirdly, uncover my sins. Uncover my sins. Look at uh, Psalms 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24. See if there is any offensive way in me. In other words, is there an inconsistency in my life? Are there truths in the Word of God that my life is incongruent with? Is there something I'm doing that is displeasing you, God? Um, why is this prayer so important? Why is it so important for us to say, uncover my sins? I'll tell you why. Because your sins are way easier for me to spot than my sins. When I look at others, <laughs> and maybe this is just the brokenness that exists in me, Boy, I can, I can really spot when people are sinning. My sins are really hard to spot for myself, though. Others, pretty obvious. Search my heart, reveal my fears, uncover my sins. This past couple of weeks, our nation has been in um, a state of turmoil. 
and I would see things and I would hear things and my heart would get full with what I thought was righteous indignation. And God began speaking to me this way. It's really easy to see others' brokenness, isn't it? So um, I've jotted some questions down to help us as we pray this prayer. Here's three questions to help you with this portion. Uncover my sins. First of all, answer this. What are the inconsistencies in your life? Where are there, where might there be inconsistencies in your life? Number two, what behaviors have you begun to rationalize? Well, I'm just that way because I have a short temper, Daniel. My family's always been a loud family. Um, I'm just that way because I have an aggressive personality. What behaviors have you begun to rationalize? And then third, where are you most defensive? Where are you most defensive? Uncover my sins. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thought. See if there's any offensive way in me. Uh, when you pray this prayer, two things will happen. One, when we ask God to uncover our sins, we are then made aware of areas we need his forgiveness so our relationship with him can be restored. When we ask God to uncover our sins, we find areas, and God speaks to us, reveals our own brokenness. We're made aware of areas where we need to ask for forgiveness so that our relationship with him can be restored. But also, when we ask God to uncover our sins, we'll be made aware of relationships in our life that need to be healed. So, how do we claim forgiveness and healing in our lives? Well, when we confess our sins to God for healing, our, when we confess our sins to God, it is for forgiveness, and we confess our sins with one another for healing. This is why we choose to do life together. This is why we te uh, attend a church together. This is why we worship together for forgiveness from God, for healing for one another. By the way, if you're perfect and, um, and you're looking for a church home, this is not the church for you. We will not let you be a part of it because you're going to mess up our streak of broken people who are just trying to figure this out. This is a place in our church where imperfect people and broken people are being transformed by God. This is a place where people are going to say, search my heart, reveal my fears, uncover my sins. Here's the thing. Whatever he reveals to you is the gateway for further trust. His truth will transform your mind and your life. And whatever he shows us when we pray this prayer, uncover, uncover our sins, will directly point us for the need for Jesus. I'm so glad for this prayer because the progression of this prayer actually leads us to grace. We say, Father, search my heart. We say, Lord, reveal my fears, uncover my sins. And then fourthly, lead me. Lead me. Our text says this, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. 
You see, when our heart is searched, when your fears are revealed, when your sins are uncovered, you then put yourself in a position to be led by God to the grace of God. Here's the thing. The grace of God doesn't reveal your sins so you get to deal with them on your own. Uh, He doesn't reveal our sins so that you can manage them on your own. He doesn't uncover your sins so that you can sit in your own sins in guilt and shame and regret. The reason we ask God to uncover our sins because it leads us directly to our need for Jesus and it leads us into the way everlasting. I would say this, in my life, we're really, I'm really good at praying this prayer out of order. And rather than pray, search me, God, and rather than say, reveal my fears, and rather than say, uncover my sins, I get right down to business and I say, God, lead me. Show me where I need to go. Lead me in the way everlasting. And oftentimes, in order to properly lead us in the way of everlasting, to lead us in our path, in our life, in the decisions that were to be made, the other three parts have to be prayed. Because we have to be revealed of what's in our heart. We have to understand that our hearts, uh, by nature, were deceitfully wicked. We have to isolate what our fears are. What are, the, what are the fears? What are the anxiousness? What is the anxiety in your heart that prevents you from stepping into faith? We have to pray the prayer, Lord, uncover our sins. Reveal to us what our sins are. What is the brokenness that gets in the way of me and my relationship with you? What is the brokenness that gets in the way of me and my relationship with others? And then lead me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Would you read that prayer with me this morning? Ready? Begin. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Following Jesus was never designed to be safe. And these are the type of prayers that, that ask God to make us uncomfortable. These are the kind of prayers that force us out of our comfort zone. These are the kind of prayers that are designed to lead us into closer relationship with him. Because here's the thing. Uh, we can't do all that God has for us to do in our Christian walk from 1030 morning on Sunday to noon. We can't fit all of Christianity in 90 minutes. We can let alone sing and pray and worship before we're anxious for the next thing in our life. And so this type of prayer means tomorrow morning, boy, before you get to social media, before you get to holds, is to take a moment and to say, search my heart. Reveal my fears. Uncover my sins and lead me. And to take the moment in your heart to do that. We're going to close a little bit differently. We're just going to walk ourselves through these four steps. For a moment, the worship team is going to stay right where they are. We're just going to pray this prayer together. And I'm going to give you the space to do so. For a moment, would you bow your heads with me?
Father, as a church, we want to pray this prayer and we just want to walk through this step, these steps. And we want to do so corporately, but as individuals, quietly in our heart. And Father, tomorrow morning when we get up, I, want, I, I pray that you would remind us to do this again. Just to take a few moments in the morning, walk us through this prayer, Father, and would you answer us? So, Father, first of all, as David says, Father, we say, search my heart. Show us what's in our heart. Show us the deceit. Show us what brokenness exists. And Father, in this moment, we're listening for your voice. Search our heart. Father, we say, reveal our fears. Show to us what makes us anxious, what causes anxiety. Reveal to us the area in which we need to trust you more. So that area that we've all thought of, we now pray for faith to give that area to God. There is no fear in love, but God's perfect love drives out fear. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And our fear will get in the way of our faith. So in this moment, Father, these fears, these areas where we're anxious, these areas where we uh, have anxiety, in this moment we now pray a prayer giving those to you and asking us to fill you, fill us with your faith. Father, we say now, uncover our sins. What are the inconsistencies in our life? Where are we living these hypocritical lives? What behaviors in my life have I begun to rationalize? Where am I most defensive? Father, uncover our sins. Lord, this area that you've revealed to us, this sin, this brokenness, this shortcoming of ours, we ask for your forgiveness. 
as a church family, uh, those here, those who are watching, we, we ask for your forgiveness. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so we claim forgiveness. We bring this to you. We admit our shortcoming in this area, and we ask for forgiveness in this moment. All across the room, we're asking for forgiveness. And Father, if there's a relationship that needs to be restored, I pray that you would give us the wisdom and the clarity and the boldness to address that. We pray that the truth will transform our mind and our life. Thank you for forgiveness, Father. And lastly, this morning, we pray that you would lead us. That you would reveal to us the very next step of obedience in our life. What is the next step in our life for us to remain obedient, sensitive to you? Holy Spirit, would you reveal it? Would you lead us? As we continue praying, I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward as they prepare our hearts for worship. Father, search us, know our hearts, test us, know our anxious thoughts, and Lord, see if there is any offensive way in us, and lead us in the way everlasting. Father, I'm praying that your Holy Spirit would do a work in our life. I pray that we would be transformed, that we would be led out of the bondage of our guilt and our shame and our regret that we would be formed into liberty. That between Sundays this week, we will take the time to pray this prayer. And Father, what I, what I hear in David's voice when I read Psalm 139 is this brokenness, this humility, this honesty. And Father, I hear victory as he trusted you. So, Father, in this moment, as we've asked you to search our hearts and you've, you've emptied our hearts from, from any selfishness, from any brokenness or shortcomings, Father, as we've asked you to reveal our fears, thank you, Father, that, that, that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Father, as we've asked you to uncover our sins, thank you for the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Boy, the opportunity for us to come to you broken and spilled out and just asking for your forgiveness. That's the victory, Lord. I pray that we would claim that victory, that we would walk in the forgiveness that you have given us, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High, that our relationship is now restored when forgiveness is granted. And Father, lead us. There is something in our life, the next step of obedience for all of us. So, Father, I pray that you would lead us with our heads still bowed while we're still praying. There's some of you, and the very next step of obedience is to trust him for maybe the very first time in your life. For maybe the very first time you say, 
Lord, I don't know what it means to follow you altogether, but I know I need you in my life. I know that I have brokenness, I have these fears, I have these sins, and I'm trusting you for forgiveness. And maybe this is the first time you're trusting God. Maybe you're watching online or you're sitting in this room and you said, I don't, I don't know what it means to be a Christian. I don't know what it means to follow Christ, but I know that my fears need to be addressed. I know the brokenness that exists in my life, and I believe that Jesus' payment on the cross was enough. Boy, I'd encourage you to come to Jesus. In fact, if that's you, I'd encourage you to fill out that portion of the green card that simply says, I want to become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're online, I encourage you to message us. We'd love to show you from the Bible what it means to have a relationship with him, what it means to be baptized into the family of God. In a few moments when we take communion, one of our elders, Dean Soper, is going to come forward and lead us. Perhaps this is the first time you'll be able to take communion and identify with Christ. We'll have stations all around the auditorium if at home. If you're at home, we invite you to prepare some elements to take communion with us. Maybe this is the first time you receive communion as a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're, if you're part of this church family, let us not be afraid to pray this prayer. Let's welcome it in our lives as a way to empty ourselves from our brokenness, from our failures, from our guilt and our shame, and lead us into an honest, authentic relationship with God. May it heal the, Father, may the, this prayer be the vehicle that heals relationships among us. As you forgive us and as we, as we seek authentic relationships with one another. Father, this prayer is a little uncomfortable. It requires some honesty, some, some, some humility on our part. And if I'm being honest with you, God, it's just easier not to pray this prayer. It's easier not to ask you to search my heart and to reveal my fears and uncover my sins. I just want to skip to the end where you lead me. That's really what I want. But Father, I believe that the other portions of this prayer allow us to be in a position where we don't lean on our understanding anymore, but we trust in you with all our heart. And when we can claim the forgiveness that you've granted, when we can claim the victory, Father, we then get to sing, worship, praise you, live for you in such a freedom that maybe we hadn't before. So I pray that as a church family, all across Douglas County, all across wherever people are watching from, that this week we would pray, search me, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.